I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, everybody? This is Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings Podcast, the podcast where we bring on friends and guests to tell their ghost stories and real supernatural experiences. Awesome, and I'm JJ Crable. I'm Catherine Clark. Yeah, so we got producer Kat jumping in on this episode, and we have What's a very up? special guest. Andy, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, everyone. My name is Andy. I'm from Miami, Florida, but now I currently live in Los Angeles where I am directing, directing films. I've been out here for six years. Uh, you can find my first feature film. It's called Between the Darkness. It's a horror film available on Amazon and iTunes. And it's really interesting because the themes of that horror film, I think, are a great topic to discuss here on the Real Hauntings podcast because it's one that I haven't heard yet. I've listened to every episode Love you guys, big fan. <laughs> and this topic is that of sleep paralysis, which I'd love to, to dive into. And for those of you that haven't heard of sleep paralysis, it's a disorder where your body becomes paralyzed in a deep REM cycle of sleep. And the part of your brain that controls motor functions and movement shuts down for whatever reason. You can't move, you're totally paralyzed, you're trapped in your own body. The only thing you can move are your fingers. My toes usually can move a little bit. It's sort of like in Kill Bill, like wiggly the toe. And that's how you're able to regain movement. But the creepiest part of sleep paralysis is that most people that have it, they associate it. They, they all hallucinate some shadow person, whether it be the hat man who's a silhouetted tall, creepy dude wearing a fedora, or just a shadow person, a silhouetted man. Uh, and then there's the cat with red glowing eyes. 
that perches right on your chest as you can't move and stares at you. Uh, so these are all the creepy entities of sleep paralysis. A lot of people see them, which the the part that I'm still trying to wrap my head around, why do people from all over the world, from all different cultures, see the same entities? Wow. Is it because we all manifest fear in the same way? You know, that, that to me makes sense. It's kind of like something you said, JJ, in a previous podcast where our brains create, our, our brains are such complex machines that they could create things that aren't really there. Yeah, and I, I know uh, Catherine has some uh, uh, experience with this. Oh, really? Well, yeah, yeah I, I was know. just going to say we've been talking about how much we want to talk about sleep paralysis, but we haven't had anyone bring it up yet. Um, well, Noah, I think you've had some experiences too, I have, right? yeah. I've had spiders that drop down in my face. Oh, which explains your fear of spiders. Uh, yep, there you go. <laughs> Just like Ron Weasley. <laughs> Shout out to our Harry Potter fans. Um, well, so, yeah, I've always experienced it, but it's it's usually in the middle of the day, like during those afternoon naps, which I don't know if my body is just like not used to being asleep at that time or what, but it usually happens then, and it's right when I'm falling asleep. I can remember a time in high school I was on our, like the bus going home, and I was slowly falling asleep, and I just was so aware, but trapped in my body, like... I knew my mouth was wide open and I'm just like sitting on the bus and I'm sure everyone's staring at me while I'm asleep, but with my mouth open, it was so weird. Wow. Anyways, well, fast forward, uh, I went to grad school for occupational therapy and we learned about sleep cycles and um, that kind of thing. And so it's normal for like your muscles and, and arms, legs and everything to kind of feel paralyzed because they are in the fourth stage, you go through like paradoxical sleep. So that's normal. And they say yeah. like, the only things that you can move or that can move on their own are your fingertips or your genitals, which is, you know, I think yeah, pretty cool. The important part. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, so now whenever it happens less to me now, but when it happens now, I'm always, you know, aware that I'm asleep or trapped. And so I try to like move something or move my arms to wake myself up by using my fingertips because it's so scary once you're like trapped yeah. in there. The shadow people, that's very real. I definitely feel like someone's in the room or that I'm like hyper aware of people or things around yeah. me. Um, I've had instances where like my dream is like I'm being choked or like I can't breathe during my school day and then I wake up just like short of breath. So I don't know, the cat sitting yeah. on my chest. I don't know. Yeah. There's something to it for sure. Oh, I was just going to say, so cat, like it also sounds like because of how you studied it, you kind of like view it more as like there's a scientific explanation, a hallucination, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But Andy, you think that there's uh, more to it than that? Yeah, and at first I thought it was completely uh, psychological. Because we can't forget we're dreaming. We're still dreaming. So the brain is a powerful tool. And, and to me it made sense that people from all walks of life and different cultures saw the same people because we're all human. We're all the same species. So we all manifest fear in the same way, like an intruder. Um, but recently something happened that made me believe that Sleep paralysis may be more than just a psychological issue that maybe when we're sleeping, our brains are sensitive and vulnerable, and maybe they open some sort of portal to, to the other side. And this leads me to my story. So uh, last year, I had a, had a death in the family. Her, her name was, we called her Fita. I have a big Cuban family. And Fita was everybody's 
nanny. She wasn't related to us. She dedicated her life to taking care of the, of the young kids in the family. You know, we, we loved her. She lived a long, full life. She was very funny, very sarcastic. And towards the tail end of her life, she was, she was ready to go. And she kept saying that she kept seeing the light and she kept getting messages from the other side saying that she's ready to go. And she would always joke around and say that when she died, she would come back as a ghost to haunt us and pull on our toes at night. Oh and that was just her thing. I, I like really her. hope this ends <laughs> with you getting your toes pulled. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> yeah. she, she loved to talk about death in a really like morose, funny way, kind of like you know, Lydia Dietz and Beetlejuice. And so when she died, it was, although it was very sad, we, we all knew she was in a better place. Um, so shortly after she died, I'd say a, a few months later, I had my sleep paralysis. And this time I wasn't scared. This time it was a much more peaceful energy because the shadow man didn't come to visit me. Mm-hmm. He didn't appear at the door like a dementor and float to my bed. This time I saw Fita sitting, not sitting, standing at the foot of my bed. And she was talking to me as if nothing had ever happened, as if I was just visiting her. And I, I remember specifically her laugh. She had like a, a cackle laugh. I remember her specifically saying that it was really great where she was. She said, uh, es una maravilla aquí, which means it's, it's a marvel where I am. And it's better than I expected. She said it was better than she thought it ever would be where she currently was. And then I remember her specifically saying in Spanish, uh, portate bien, like behave. And then I, I woke up from the paralysis. Okay, weird. You know, it's the first time a, a relative ever visited me during my paralysis. A few months later, my older brother, Carlos, who's never had sleep paralysis in his life, randomly has sleep paralysis now as a 33-year-old man. And again, he told me that Fita visited him during his paralysis and sure as hell started pulling on his toes and laughing. (laughs) So she didn't pull on my toes, she pulled on his. And then I also recently had another visitor during my sleep paralysis. He was a a friend of the family, his name was Tom, a really spiritual guy. Uh, Me and him always bonded because we love talking about spirituality and ghosts. And I remember him specifically saying, when I die, maybe I'll come to you. Like, I should not. He, he said that. And sure as hell, he, uh, years after he died, not immediately after, years after he died, showed up in one of my sleep paralysis moments. That one is pretty vague. I, I don't remember exactly what he said. I just remember the frequency of his voice. And then he and then he drifted off. Why do you think it was years but, later? Well, I, I wasn't that close to Tom Chamberlain. He had a big family, so I would imagine... If he went to visit people, him, he'd probably yeah, hit up know, his family I, first. Right. And I live in L.A., he died in Miami, so, you know, let's say ghosts are real and he was an actual ghost. Maybe it took a lot of effort to come pay me a visit, and maybe he was waiting until the portal was open or the oh. receiver of my brain was open and it took that long. Now what I think sleep paralysis is, I think when you're in that vulnerable spot, your brain becomes a receiver. You become more open to other realms. So I think maybe Sita, my relative, saw an opportunity to come pay me a visit and the same with my brother or they are the ones that cause the 
paralysis. Who are we to say? These are just theories based on what I've experienced. Go just, ahead. just to clarify, so when this has happened, you're seeing these people and then you're snapping out of the paralysis. So it's not like a dream state where you're dreaming and things are a little different and then you're waking up. Is that correct? That's correct. Your eyes are open. You're looking into the room. You can see your surroundings. You mm-hmm. just can't move. I've always and... experienced like the visual part. I can't see clearly. It's always like a blur coat of like I have eye drops in my eyes or something. It's like a very blurry like outline of figures right. in the room. Like I can see lights and everything. Yeah, me too. Me too. But I did was able to make out the exact sound of my relatives, and I do remember the exact words. I remember I woke up quoting, it's a marvel here where I am. It's way better than I ever thought it would. Wow. And this is a very pious woman who spent her life praying the rosary every day, and she had a near-death experience where she claimed she you know, saw the light, and they were able to resuscitate her and bring her back. So this is a woman who I think was very woke and connected to the other side. Mm-hmm. So there's, yeah. there's a lot of stories and interviewers and, and people that are consistent with saying like, um, when like in your dreams, people will visit you specifically, like, and you can tell because you remember what they say. I mean, I can't remember my dreams five minutes after having them. And then yeah. they say like, if someone's actually visiting you that you remember exactly what they say, you can even like observe what they're wearing or like what they're doing. But I like this theory about your brain having to be like totally relaxed and and like off in a way for it to be susceptible for like spirits to come through or something like that i've never personally yeah. had like a, not that i can remember like a loved one coming into a dream of mine and like saying something very clearly but right after my grandma died i for sure had like a very clear dream of her like sitting in a lounge chair it was like her 20 year old self and she was like smoking a cigarette and just looked totally relaxed wow. and normal we didn't talk but um, I do wow. clearly kind of remember that picture. Yeah, I had a lady who uh, helped raise me as a child, and she passed away when I was a junior in high school. And I can still remember I had a dream where I walked out into my yard of my parents' home at the time, and she just kind of apparated right in front of me. And she was like, hey, you know, I'm okay where I am. It's great. You don't need to worry about me. You're going to be fine. And then we just hung out for a little while, and then she just kind of disappeared, wow. and I woke up. You know, it's wow. it's interesting how that happens. You know, uh, I'm not sure, you know, what that was exactly. Um, now, in your yeah. case, it's from a sleep paralysis, which I've never heard before. So that's fascinating. Yeah. So if it if they are actually visiting you, if your relatives are actually visiting visiting you, that would mean that the other bad guys, the the, the evil entities like the Shadow Man, the Hat Man, those people are real too. If if Tika was actually there, logic would lead me to believe that the other entities are real as well. Maybe from another dimension. Maybe they're dark entities. I, I don't know. I really don't. Yeah, well, and it's, it's interesting because if we go down this theory, then there's going to be people that are more sensitive than others. Obviously, some people that have sleep paralysis, some that don't. I had a really close friend who had such extreme sleep paralysis that she could feel hands gripping her ankles and pulling her from the bed and she'd wake up on the floor. Like she had, and like she had to medicate her, she had to go on medication most of her life. And she's an extremely anxious person. Oh, I hope she doesn't listen and figure out who I'm talking about. Um, But anyway, just anyways. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, well, because the reason I say that is because later on, um, I moved to Oregon and I met a woman. You've heard the podcast episode, Teresa the Medium. I met her in Oregon. And like she was telling me how 
you know, uh, the Long Island medium in her book says uh, when she started feeling spirits, she was always told and diagnosed as like bipolar or schizophrenic or that she was just making it up or she was anxious and they would medicate her and then she'd be totally numb to the whole world. And that I feel like is kind of what's ha- what happens every day to people who experience something as intense as sleep paralysis, you know, to that level. And then they're just thrown with diagnosis and medication and then nobody's sleeping well and then no one's happy. So... <laughs> Yeah, I know my sleep paralysis directly correlated with anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, And once I was able to remove some of the anxiety from my life, I really don't get the sleep paralysis very often anymore. Every now and then I will wake up and see a spider dropping from the ceiling to my face. But it's happened so many times that I'm like, okay, I've never seen a spider that big before. I'm going to roll over and and go, you know, quote unquote, go back to sleep. So it doesn't phase me as much, but it's still unsettling just to know that something's capable of taking whatever our idea and perception of reality is and twisting it to where for those moments, you can't tell what's real and what's not real. Plus, if you experience this so frequently, there's no way you're going to relax enough to go to sleep because you know what's coming when you go to sleep. It's happening so often. So there comes insomnia. Yeah. There's no telling. Yeah, Andy, when do you uh, know if uh, when your uh, aunt visited, was it your brother in his? Yeah, my brother also coincidentally had a sleep paralysis for the first time in his life, which to me is that like I'm a believer now. You know. And do you know if when uh, she visited him, did uh, she say anything to him as well? He he didn't tell me that she said anything. He he only remembers the toes being grabbed, (gasps) and that's it. So she did grab his toes? When you were telling your story, Andy, I literally had my toes curled up under my feet. I was like, he's going to say she pulled him, and you didn't say it. And then just now I curled all my fingers and toes in. Well, and she would do that. I know that that's her personality. So, you know, but again, you know, that's the memory he has of Sita. So it would make sense that in a dream, he would manifest her that way. But... I think it's the latter. I think it's real. And Andy, I believe. I, I believe that we, uh, our common friend, Nicole, doesn't she get sleep paralysis as well and see a man standing at the end of her bed? Yeah, Nicole and I have talked about the shadow man often. I mean, ask around. I think a lot of people see the shadow man. And that's what my, my feature film is about. It's the main character suffers from sleep paralysis, and she sees a, a shadow lady which is actually just a, a metaphor of her of her sexuality. She's she's growing. She's becoming a woman. It's her adolescence. Hormones are shifting, and all that anxiety is manifested into a, a shadow lady. Wow! And so when I was writing the screenplay and when I was shooting the film, and I had all these fresh images of shadow people in my brain because I was editing them late at night, I would have sleep paralysis so often. And then once I finished making the film and I closed that chapter of my life, I stopped having it. But hey, I had it. I went to Vegas last weekend and I had it in the hotel room. And I think it's because I was very uncomfortable. The bed was uncomfortable. It was, I was kind of anxious that night because of work. And then it happened. But I didn't see a shadow person. It was just, it was just dark energy next to my bed. So mm. it, it's different. It's not always the shadow guy. So when you were having sleep paralysis during filming and everything, um, would you see the shadow man? I would see the hat man specifically during that time. Gotcha. It makes what me wonder. What does the hat man look like? I mean, I, I take it he wears a hat. <laughs> <laughs> if you Google hat man sleep paralysis, the scariest images will come up. He's a silhouetted man with a big uh, hat. 
big Civil War hat. I'm and there's a really good documentary on Netflix called The Nightmare that's all about sleep paralysis. They interview people from all over the world, and they do the scariest reenact- reenactments. Ooh. I actually used that, that horror film, that documentary, as a visual reference for my feature, uh, Between the Darkness. Ooh. Yeah. We're, yeah. Okay, so we're looking up pictures of Hat Man. Looks uh, pretty terrifying. Would not want to. It's funny. Come I across him in so I just I just got back from Scotland and I stayed in a hostel with like twelve other females. In the middle, like people go in and out all night long, all hours of the day, because who knows where they're going, um, and hostels. But anyways, I remember yeah. waking up and I saw a black figure with like a hat. And it freaked me out so hard. I didn't have a light, so I just decided to stare at it because some of the other podcast people are like, just confront it. Like, don't be scared of it. Don't hide. And then, of course, someone opens the door, which I didn't know a person was next to the the shadow figure, too. Opens the door, and the light just pours on, like, someone's coat with a hat on the top, right? (laughs) Which is terrifying. But then sometimes it... I still had to, like, try to manifest, like, happy dreams. And sometimes I find myself just in normal nightmares waking up and trying to manifest a happier dream when I go back to sleep. And I wonder if that has anything to do with this right. too. I know. And my, my wife is usually my savior. She's the one that, that wakes me up from these horrible, you know, dementor trying to suck my soul out of my face. Again, any you know, Harry I, Potter fans listening, <laughs> let us know. Yeah. Yeah. The, the dementor is the, the best way I'll describe it. Cause now they suck your soul out. That's mm-hmm. sort of what it looks like. He starts like breathing in my essence and then Lisa, my wife, usually grabs me and wakes me up because she could hear me inhaling and exhaling and, and losing my breath. Interesting you bring the heavy breathing up because one time I was also looking up sleep paralysis and uh, it's closely related with sleep apnea, which is just like your body's lacking right. sufficient oxygen at night. So that's interesting because maybe because you're breathing harder, it influences what you're seeing or feeling. Maybe. Yeah. Am I playing the skeptic, you guys? Way. <laughs> Catherine's playing the skeptic. I like to say, I, of the three, about, I'm most of a believer, but the most woo-woo. The I, most woo-woo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a skeptic too, because that's I, I like to understand things first. But I am a hard believer in ghosts because I've seen an apparition, and that's a separate story. So because of that, sure. I will believe anything. So wow. I, I will believe. I want to hear it. So that's a great transition. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about the apparition that you saw? Yeah, I, I saw an apparition. And, and before that, I was I was skeptical on, on ghosts. Uh, but it wasn't until I saw it that I became a believer. And one thing is for me to see it, but for me and my mom to both see him at the same time and describe him as the same apparition to me, is definitive proof that ghosts are real. Ghosts, yeah. whatever you want to call them, are real. Let's just call them ghosts. So I'll, I'll tell you the story. It was in Salem, Massachusetts, you know, where wow. all those poor wi- witches uh-huh. died. All those poor innocent women died of being accused of witches. So we went to a ghost tour, one of those hokey ghost tours, because we're really into that kind of thing. And we went to a cemetery, and nothing happened. So me and my mom decided to go after the tour back to the cemetery to see if we saw anything because we are, we are in the pursuit of knowledge. And my dad and my brother stayed in the parking lot with the car running, uh, nervous. Oh, like, All right, do, do what you got to do, you weirdos. So we went and walked through the cemetery, um, and it has the old gravestones that are like broken, 
debris, so many dead people. And we're there for a while, and this is a hot summer, a hot and humid summer night. You know, the kind of humidity where it's it's just wet. I'm from Miami, so this is this is normal. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And all of a sudden, like someone left the refrigerator door open, a cold breeze comes in. And I know that sounds so cliche, a cold breeze rolled in. Nice. But yeah. it happened. A cold breeze showed up out of nowhere. I'd say maybe uh, five minutes later when we decide to le- decided to leave, my mother grabs my arm and she says, look. And I look in the direction in which her finger is pointing and there's a man, a man wearing a 17th century overcoat. He's walking in front of us. He's casually walking in front of us. He looks at us casually like, oh, look, there's people there. How nice. And then looks the other way and completely dissipates into the night. He he disappeared. Oh. Disappeared like like oh. like in the movies, you know. So both of you and both of you saw him. We right? both saw him. So if it were oh, me, nice. I would probably you know you know I'd say yeah, I hallucinated it because the brain is complex. But we both saw a man and we described the man the same. So ghosts are real. <laughs> now I have a question. Um, when he dissipated, yeah. would you describe it as like in the seventh Harry Potter movie when Voldemort? just disintegrates or would you describe it as no, like the fourth movie or fifth movie? Oh my goodness. When spoiler alert, but when Sirius Black <laughs> goes into the void in the ministry yes, of magic. Nice. I'm so glad you brought that example up. Cause yeah, it, yes. He, he, he vanished like, uh, like Sirius Black in the veil in the mirror. Wow. It was a fade. It was a fade, not a, uh, like turn to ashes that go up into the air. Um, he, he faded, and I'm an editor. I do. I work with a lot of cross fades in between cuts, nice. and the way I would describe this fucking guy is he cross faded in front of me, or he just faded into the night. You were not like in a forest, or like lots of trees around or obstacles. This was like you had a clear visual field in front of you. I had a clear field in front of me, and he wasn't up against anything. He was. She was there. He was. It was a guy, and he oh. looked at us. So, like, the question is, I know for a fact that guy was there. But what was that guy? What is a ghost? What is the science of a ghost? Did that guy live once upon a time and that is his energy that's lingering? Or is that guy currently living his life and maybe we are the ghosts to him? Because time travel. (laughs) I do like that. My other theory is that ghosts are not ghosts. The ghosts are just living their their lives and what we are looking at is time another time period that is somehow caught in some sort of quantum glitch and haunted places are just glitchy places in time okay so for Uh, me personally that is like i i have that same thought sometimes (laughs) about ghosts that like like i'm like very skeptical of it i think there's like spirits and stuff like that but then when you think about how like time is a fifth dimension space is a fourth dimension or like you know mm-hmm. uh, space yeah. and time are different dimensions and it's like we li- or it's like the fourth dimension I- i'm saying a lot of bad physics facts <laughs> physics fans get on me i welcome the criticism okay. jj uh, pick a dimension and stick with it all right so like like we live in three dimensional worlds right and time is a fourth right. dimension wait how many dimensions we live in a three-dimensional <laughs> world so like if you read if you read something like uh like flat world 
it's like a, a world that's in like a two-dimensional universe, right? So these are two-dimensional beings. And Flat then like lighter, one yeah. day, one like triangle or something sees like this weird dot that like keeps moving all around the room in like unexpected patterns. And he's like, what on earth is this? And he goes up to the dot and the dot's like, oh, I'm a three-dimensional ball. And then the, uh, the, the three-dimensional ball takes the two-dimensional triangle on a trip takes him over his little like flat world and he's like look at all that it's (laughs) that's your world he's like whoa i like never could have comprehended that yeah that very long metaphor (laughs) was just to say that like (laughs) we don't we can't comprehend it. that that dimensions above us are are incomprehensible how they like actually work like the way we experience time is not yeah. actually what time is. It's, Someone it's something kind of different. used your right. ball and triangle example just now, JJ, to describe like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to me as like it's a different dimension. So like visualizing a globe that like God is looking over and he touches it with his fingertip, his elbow, and his nose. Like it's three different things. But, like So we're just seeing the ends of those parts, but, you know. Well, but, I don't know about that. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying what I was taught. I mean, I, I, I believe in God. I'm not a religious person. I don't go to church and I don't pray. And I, I think, you know, religion is sort of like a business. But I do believe there's some truth to God. And I think all of that is just another form of whatever ghosts are made of. It's the force. It's called the force from Star Wars. I think that's what God is. It's a force. It's an energy field that we can't understand. And I think ghosts are all part of whatever that is. I don't package it into Christianity and Catholicism. That's not my platform in believing in that stuff. But I do believe in that thing that people call God. I, Church of the Jedi. I th- <laughs> Church of the Jedi. Yeah. I think I agree. <laughs> I agree with that in the part. Like, I feel like I'm more distant now than I used to be to like believing in more of my spiritual, you know, faith or whatever. And um, I think if I were to one day like understand that ghosts were real, I feel like all of it would be true to me. Like I, they kind of go together with me. Yeah. Maybe that's my first time you... saying it out loud, but still trying to think that out. Maybe. So Andy, are you more Maybe of I... a triangle or a ball? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a triangle kind It's of okay. Guy. We don't Other understand stuff. it either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Andy, Andy, you're a you're a three dimensional ball. You're not a two dimensional. I think what scares me the most is the idea that Jessica Young put forward in episode ten. Yeah, episode ten, where she mentioned that you know maybe a ghost is just an entity stuck in a loop. That to me freaks me out more than anything. Just a never ending just flash of like back and forth. That sounds terrifying. A residual haunting is the term for what they're calling it. Is a, a a ghost that's stuck on a loop. And that, to me, is even more terrible. To have to relive the same moment for eternity. Mm-hmm. And that guy who I saw in the cemetery, he's wearing that clothing. He's still, he's still walking through. He's probably walking, walking home. Maybe he was stuck in a loop, too. Yeah. Um, I, ah, I feel like I keep adding in all these things, but I just heard about that the other week. We were on a... Um, yeah. I was on, like, a haunted ghost tour in Scotland, and we went, like, underneath the streets into the vaults. And the tour guide kept saying, like, well, in this room, there's a residual spirit. And in this room, you know, there's one that... Right. And the residual spirits don't know you're here. They won't see you. They won't feel you. They're going to be doing their own thing. They're stuck in a loop. Jesus. And then they would say, like, well... Yeah. And then we'd walk into like another... Panther. Right. And then we walk into another room. Oh, like a panther. <laughs> uh, they'd, they'd say, yeah. like, okay, well, in here, the spirit is very aware that you're here. And he doesn't like it. So if you leave the room with bruises, oh, like, it was... 
a whole nother story. So how did you and your mom, were you accepting of the fact that you two had just seen a ghost? Or how did you guys uh, react to that? Yeah, we're we're Cubans, we're Latin, we're very emotional people. So my mom reacted with like a a very loud gasp. Like, oh my God! I, I sort of, you know, kept my cool. I was really scared, but I didn't vocalize it. And we sort of like held each other. And, you know, we grabbed each other's arms and we just marched out of there. And the moment we got in the car, we all started just like, spewing, <laughs> talking over each other. It was the reaction that you would assume after seeing a ghost, your first ghost. We're waiting and, for it. And Come when on, ghost. <laughs> when, when you and your mom talked about, like, what the ghost looked like, I mean, was it clear to you that you had both seen, like, visualized it in the same way? Yeah, because we both described the, the one defining characteristic, which was the, the coat. He had a very long overcoat that when he walked, you could see the like the flap. And I, I remember specifically seeing limbs. I saw arms. I saw legs. He, he was walking at a pretty fast stride, like he was in a hurry. Horror movie shit mm. happening before my eyes. Um, I mean, l- listen back to all the, the, the podcast episodes, and everyone has a story, and you start to see the patterns mm-hmm. in all the stories. They're all similar. So I just believe there are too many ghost stories out there. And most people I know have had at least some electrical anomaly or something happen to where this can't all be one giant practical joke. Like the medium that you guys had on your show. What, 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 why would she lie about that? She has nothing to gain. So it's all real. Yeah. I, I'm like, definitely since starting this podcast and like having interviewed all these different guests, like would consider myself a lot more agnostic on ghosts and like uh completely like no they don't exist you yeah know? that's fair but i yeah, I, yeah i'm yeah. like and i i really think your explanation of like you know maybe this is just how like time operates that's like kind of something that i'm like that seems like a possibility that like it's just something <laughs> beyond our comprehension and so to necessarily like label it as like something supernatural which i i don't think you're doing i think you know i mean you're kind of you also kind of seem open to the possibility that it either could be supernatural or it could be like this really strange way that we can experience time every now and then mm-hmm. i think uh, it's science i think ghosts are science yeah. they're just a science that we can't understand because we don't have the measurements or the tools because there's not enough funding to go into investigating the dead because it's fringe science maybe if there was more funding we would be able to understand what the hell a ghost was yeah and i do think you know maybe there's another reason why i think like these kind of stories like your story is so convincing is that both of you saw and it's you know it's easy to say okay well maybe one person just it was a trick in their mind but for two people to see the same thing Mm -hmm. i think possibly after having i've watched this uh documentary called the mind explained on netflix and the very first episode's about memory and specifically mm-hmm. about how, you know, with eyewitness testimony, you know, some something happens and then the minute, uh, say, it, a police officer, because, you know, sometimes it happens, what do you think it was that guy? Then it's like, yeah, it was that guy. And, like, the, the people who right. are, like, misidentifying uh, the uh, criminals, mistaking them for innocent people, many times have very clear, crystal clear memory of what happened with that person's face on it and so just kind of that like initial suggestion sometimes can warp memories and so i wonder maybe when there's like multiple sightings if if that might be a a possible explanation but 
It's so hard to tell, yeah. especially not having experienced uh, it firsthand. Maybe. And then I have a third and final ghost experience. This happened in New Orleans, another haunted town. We stayed in a known haunted hotel called the Hotel Monteleon. It was featured in the movie Girls Trip. <laughs> they stayed there. Oh, yeah. And apparently a little boy died of of uh, pneumonia there. Uh, so the TV was on. We were ready to go. My father goes, all right, guys, turn the TV off. We're going to dinner. And the TV turns off by itself on command and won't turn back on. And, okay, what, what are the odds that the TV would turn off on command in that exact moment and then not turn back on? And you hear the stories of how ghosts are able to tamper with uh, electronics. And that, to me, is science, because if ghosts are energy, wouldn't it make sense for them to be able to manipulate other forms of energy, walkie-talkies, electricity, TV, you know? Now, did your dad clap when he said that? <laughs> no. <laughs> nice one, Noah. <laughs> the early prototype of the clap on, clap off. <laughs> um, the clapper? Come on. Yeah, no, that's strange. I mean, you know, is it coincidence? is it who knows our tv um in our house it'll just randomly turn off sometimes and it does mm. freak me out because I, I just for some reason i always look at the dogs like did you two do this yeah. as if they have some <laughs> ability to <laughs> turn the tv off and on but it is a creepy thing when electronics misbehave and you don't have any explanation for it jj that you'd ever plan an event or an outing where you and your friends maybe the whole podcast crew should go to a haunted place oh, and spend the night Try to make contact. I'm totally into that. I don't know if I can do it. (laughs) Yeah, we had a a paranormal investigator on, but he claimed that he's coming down to Atlanta. Right, we're hoping. Yeah, and he invited us to go on a hunt with him. So yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. I would. JJ, you got to do it. You got to do it. Oh hell yeah! Wow. Maybe we'll all finally have sex with a ghost. There we go. That's, uh, that's the main wait. reason we started this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I When I went on that tour in Scotland, I, I was so much better at listening to the stories than I've ever been. I wasn't like, you know, I went on a tour in high school in Savannah and had to wear headphones and listen to music the whole time because I was such a scaredy cat. But here I did great listening, um, but I could not look around me. I couldn't look up. I had to hold my arms because she said there's one ghost that'll, like, hold your hand because it's, like, a little boy. So I had to, like, keep my hands up. Oh, God. Jesus. And then, yeah, it was crazy. Jesus. Yeah, I, I do believe I'm skeptical of those ghost tours because they have to find a way to make money and, and have people come back. So I, mm-hmm. I've i heard of incidences where they actually orchestrate things and yeah. they show you fake orb orb photos. Mm-hmm. Orbs is another thing because orbs could very much be lens flare and dust. Mm-hmm. Like, only certain orbs I actually believe in to be real energy, but most supposed orbs is just dust, you know? Well, Andy, I know that you've got to go. Is there any other projects that you're currently working on that you'd like to plug? Yeah, um, I just wrapped on a docu-series for Forbes on the new Forbes 8 platform. It's called Titans on the Rocks. It's kind of like comedians in cars getting coffee, but, oh man, it's had a ball drinking cocktails opening up, getting candid, and talking about the secrets to success. And we've got Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, a lot of exciting people on the show. It'll be available soon. So look for Titans on the Rock on the Forbes 8 platform. Awesome. Awesome. Well, any uh, parting words you'd like to give our listeners before we let you go? Clap on.
Clap on cue. Ghosts are real. Believe. <laughs> Open your eyes. All right, Andy. Well, we're going to let you go, and then we're going to wrap up. We appreciate you coming on the podcast. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Nice to see you. Bye. All right, guys. Well, um, that was Andy. JJ, how uh, how are you feeling after those stories? Okay. Well, I just I love the fact that time is a dimension that we can't comprehend. Yeah, that was three cool. dimensional human brains just can't understand it. JJ is um, beaming right and, now. He's no, very excited. This is like late not late late night talks I've had with my roommate many a times. So I'm still skeptical. Is the thing? It's interesting because. I've seen Andy's movie. It's really good. I recommend our listeners, if you're into spooky horror yeah, stuff, check awesome. it out. Uh, we want to obviously support our friends. Um, the sleep paralysis thing, as somebody who's suffered with that on and off for maybe 20 years or so, it sucks. I mean, it's it's not fun mm-hmm. having things happen to mm-hmm. you that you can't control and that you can't uh, necessarily explain, especially when you're in a state of rest. You know, I mean, the yeah. word rest connotes that it's a peaceful experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with me, like I said, it was always spiders and it took me a while to kind of get a hold of, of it and kind of just accept even when it was happening, like, okay, this is that thing and I'd just go back to sleep. It wouldn't freak me out. But there were times yeah. where I would wake up and I would be, I'd throw myself off the bed. Yes. From, I guess, fear of the spider or whatever. But I have never heard a story where a relative visits somebody in sleep paralysis and speaks to them. That's something that I've never heard before. Yeah. Um, mm. And I don't know, you know, it could just be his brain way of putting him at peace with a passing of somebody that he cared about. I kind of lean towards that's what I experienced seeing. Uh, the person who meant a lot to me that passed away in a dream that really left me i feel like with something to think about the yeah. idea of sleep paralysis and having some because you can't even move you know and the spirits yeah. is coming in and talking to you yeah i definitely when he said is it you know your brain does this and then you ghosts can come in or the ghost causing your brain to do this yeah. i'm definitely like the first one if this theory was true i definitely think it's like you know, something to do with the brain that's making you more vulnerable or susceptible. And that would like, make sense with like the mediums we spoke to or mm-hmm. people that have had experience with mediums or even like Devin that came on the podcast who sees ghosts pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is something in the brain with certain people that connects them to a wavelength that yeah. we're not yeah. really privy to. Yeah. I will say that I don't know if I'm any more of a believer or skeptic. Who knows anymore? The way he explained things is where my brain is all the time. It's like... Science, 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 but also coincidences and like so many consistencies in these stories from people of all walks of life. So, and that the most wild thing is it really is all walks of life. We've had a literal scientist come on right. our podcast yeah. mm-hmm. and who, you know, the, the word woo woo is fairly new to me, but I mean, by all accounts, is fairly woo woo because of these experiences mm-hmm. that he's had. Y'all, am I the most woo woo person in this episode with my time thing? Y- you're something. Uh, I don't know oh, if it's woo woo nerd. Let's not go into that. <laughs> I feel like that doesn't give a good depiction to people who want to be woo woo. So uh, no. <laughs> I just I just kept seeing you as a triangle and cat as a ball and you two having to talk to each other. So we're... <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, any parting words that you guys want to add? I loved this episode. This was really yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Really cool interview. Awesome. Well, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ Crable. I'm Catherine Clark. Ooh. What's up, guys? It's Noah Daniels with the Real Hauntings podcast. We have a fun announcement for you guys. Yeah, because it's uh, October and Halloween is right around the corner and it's a very spooky season. Spooky. Spooky. 
We thought we'd bring you a little bonus episode. Mm, that's right. All right, guys. So we're going to actually drop a bonus episode on Halloween. This episode will be different than our normal episodes. We're not going to have a guest on who's going to tell their personal real ghost story. We're going to share some of our favorite ghost stories throughout the time of time. <laughs> ghost oh, stories yeah. we didn't experience, but we heard about them or read them. And mine's going to be the scary. Cat has promised something truly out of this world. Dun, dun, dun. You be the judge. Is it real? Is it not real? <laughs> Halloween morning. Listen, download, rate, subscribe, obey. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs>Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.